You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. I feel like who art Ed? Who art is Mr. Wood, art Ed, me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. Now, this is part two of the recap episode. I'm going to be recapping my takeaways from the different artists featured in the second half of the first half of the second season. First up, we've got Phil Hansen. And for me, Phil Hansen was an interesting artist to learn about. He was an artist I had not heard of until he was suggested by my guest that week, Kelly Beach. Kelly Beach, super nice guy, art teacher out in Colorado. And I am going to shamelessly shill for his podcast, Ramblings of a Middle School Art Teacher. It is one of the podcasts I subscribe to and listen to regularly because he does give good insights and frames a lot of, you know, the issues we see in the classroom in a good way that is also very concise, which is not exactly my strong suit. Now, when he brought the idea of Phil Hansen to me, what I really like about Phil Hansen and his work is you know, Phil Hansen is somebody who who had some physical limitations that could have stopped his artistic career, but he persisted. One of the things I would take away from Hansen's narrative and Hansen's journey as an artist is limitations don't have to stop you from creating. Limitations can actually help you to unleash your creativity by forcing you to find ways to look at things from a new perspective and utilize tools in ways that you hadn't considered before. Ironically, limitations can be very freeing and liberating. It's all about how you look at it. Vasily Kandinsky was a really interesting artist to me. Uh, I'm always drawn to those artists who have a little bit of an intellectual side to them. I I love the connections that he makes between the visual arts and musical art forms. Thinking of his work in musical terms and, you know, that idea of synesthesia I find really interesting, you know, combining different senses to to see sound or to hear colors is something that I, I 
I think would be in some ways really, really interesting and in some ways really, really maddening. But it led to a different way of seeing and and experiencing the world. And that helped to make his art different and unique. In some circles, he's credited with inventing fully abstract work. And a lot of people push back against that saying, no, he didn't really invent it. You know, Hilmoff Clint and numerous other artists, you know, they were doing abstract artwork before Kandinsky was. And I think a lot of times we kind of lose sight of what really matters there because I'm I'm not going to say Kandinsky invented abstract art. I I fully recognize and I think it's worth recognizing and appreciating the contributions of numerous other artists whose names we don't know, but clearly we can tell from historical records people all around the world have been making abstract art for basically as long as humans have existed. What I find really interesting about Kandinsky is he contributed something to the way that we think about what art could be. First doesn't matter, but his influence is undeniable. He changed the way that many, many people for generations to come thought about how they approach painting. And part of that was because he was painting in a way that looked different from what others were doing at the time. But I think a big part of his contribution, and a part that often goes overlooked by a lot of casual observers of the art world, is he was a writer He was a theorist, and he was a teacher. He spread his ideas. He knew how to not only put paint on the canvas in a way that was different, he knew how to talk about and express those different ideas in a way that other people could understand and they could make a connection to. It's not just about what you create, it's about how you present it as well. So I think of Kandinsky as a great example of how essentially a strong artist statement really matters because it it frames how people look at and evaluate the work. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds, like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, 
search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. Pablo Picasso, like a lot of other artists and cultural figures of his day, would not be considered to be a, a good guy by our contemporary standards. And I, I honestly think even by the standards of the day, his behavior and his treatment of others was kind of loathsome, to be, to be frank. That being said, he was undeniably a brilliant artist. He was talented. He was an innovator. But the thing I find most inspirational about Picasso the good that I see in there is he used his talent to support a worthy cause. He painted his probably one of his largest masterpieces, Guernica, as a way of bringing relief to people who were suffering from the effects of war. It was the Spanish Civil War. There were bombings happening. It was the run-up to World War II, and obviously a difficult time for many, many people. And he created his masterpiece to do what he could to raise awareness and to raise money to help those in need. So the takeaway I would have from Picasso is really use your talent for something worthwhile. Whatever talent you have, you have something to contribute and make sure you're applying it to something that matters to do good in the world. Ah, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Basquiat was sort of a tragic figure. I mean, he died so young. But in that lifespan, he lived. He really was seeking out opportunities to learn and to grow and to make connections everywhere that he could. He spoke three different languages fluently. He was going to the museums from the time that he was a small child. And when he began his art career, he was not only painting and and drawing, he was acting, he was rapping, he was doing whatever he could and surrounding himself with artists and intellectuals in other fields and soaking up and learning what he could in all different fields, studying medical textbooks and applying that learning and that knowledge to his art making. Like so many other artists' stories, his is one that reminds me, inspiration finds you working. Sharuvi Agrawal. What I really like about Sharuvi Agrawal's work is it is just stunning. From the first moment you look at it, it is massive and and overpowering. It is awe-inspiring. And art doesn't have to be monumental. It doesn't have to be 25 feet tall for it to be awe-inspiring, but it should be inspiring and it should grab your attention and stand out even from a distance. And what, what I take away from this work is you always want to think about different levels of appreciation that people can have for your work. You want it to be instantly eye-catching and and awesome. But you want to have more to it 
So, you know, with Agrawal's work, you start to look at, it is at first the stunning monumental work that is bright and shiny and huge and overwhelming and a sensory experience, not just visually, but in terms of the sound. But then as you start to look more carefully, you realize it's not just any figure, it is Hanuman. And you start to you start to learn more about that story and the connections with the, the Hindu faith and tradition and the symbolic meaning of the bells and all of that. And art should have those different layers of meaning so that there are always new depths to explore and you become more invested the deeper you dive. And finally, Angelica Acunili Crosby. Her work is absolutely stunning. As I look at it, it you know, it, at, at sometimes it feels like it shouldn't work, and yet it somehow all does come together. I really like that idea of using photographs as shadows, sort of this this quite literal use of culture. And those connections to family as a shadow that's looming, hanging over the picture. There's something really nice about that. But I think the main takeaway that I would have is, as I said so many times in that episode, the way she used that transfer technique, losing information, losing data or details or modifying some things in the process that carries meaning within the work. In the words of Marshall McLuhan, the medium is the message. The materials you choose in a work of art send a message about that work. They set the tone. They affect how viewers will, will perceive the work in the end. So, as you plan a piece and as you think about what you want to create and what message you want to send, think about what materials, what media will work most effectively to send that message and meet your goals. Instead of choosing your materials by thinking about what are you best at working with, think about what is going to work best for your piece. Now, trying to stay optimistic here, I am hoping that 2021 will be a little bit more fun than 2020. So I am going to start off January 18th with a fun little episode on my all-time favorite fictional artist. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.